You are now tuned into the truth frequency. We are TFR. Participant in some of the most insidious lies and witness to deeds that no crazed man can imagine. I spent years watching you for my uh, lofty position to know that you were the one I could trust. And why did you lie to me? There still exist some secrets which should remain secret. Truths that people are just not ready to know. Who are you to decide that? The world's reaction to such knowledge would be far too dangerous. Dangerous? You mean in the sense of outrage? Like the reaction to the Kennedy assassination or MIAs or radiation experiments on terminal patients. Watergate, Iran-Contra. Roswell, the Tuskegee experiments, where will it end? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Get out! Off what? You'll kill me? Always remember, dissension's the greatest form of patriotism. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies. We have before us the opportunity to forge a new world order. Yes, we can. And you say. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. Our lives most convincingly hidden between two truths. I guess it won't end. No! I don't have time for this. This is about saving the future of humanity. We know things are bad, worse than bad. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. I want you to get up right now. Go to your windows, open them and stick your head out and yell, I'm a human being. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. You You're listening to the Revolutionary Radio Project with your host, Rob Skiba. And hello and welcome to the Revolutionary Radio Project. I am your host, Rob Skiba, and this evening's broadcast is a pre-recorded show. I recorded it on Monday, April 13th, and uh, my guest this evening is Ian Chadrick. Now, uh, I met Ian at a Take on the World conference uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, seen him there w- once or twice at least, and uh, have seen a bunch of his videos recently, and uh, saw that uh, he's pretty much on the same page that I'm on as far as the Q, the Q anon phenomena and uh, Trump and all that kind of stuff, and so 
you know, I'm, I'm sort of doing a series right now on surviving the apocalypse and <laughs> uh, bringing on various guests to talk about their take from a biblical worldview of what's going on in the world and what we can do about it and just to be aware of different things. So with that said, hey, Chad, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. Hey, man. How are you guys doing? Yeah, great. Thanks for coming on. So, oh, my um, pleasure. Yeah, so... Uh, um, you know, this is the first time having you on the Revolutionary Radio Project, so what I typically like to do with the first-time guests is let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, I, uh, we've met and talked briefly a few times, but uh, I don't even know you all that well, so uh, tell us a little bit about Ian Chadrick. I know that you've worked with uh, uh, Through the Black with Tom Dunn and uh, Jared Cressman, and also have done some work with Russ Dizdar. So uh, why don't you just kind of walk us through a bit of your testimony? Uh, you know, how did you come to know Christ, and and then how did you get involved with uh, those types of ministries? All right. Well, uh, my testimony is. Uh severely longer than this 20 minutes but if you would like to go and watch <laughs> the, the, the condensed full, version <laughs> yeah yeah the full the full ones on multiple channels i've done it on uh, take on the world and now you see tv and some other channels um like uh, as a longer version of it but the short and skinny is uh i've grown up in the church my whole life and uh, my parents were very involved uh went to an open bible church assemblies of god church a bunch of different charismatic churches um, uh, was one of those church kids that seemed to be uh, unaware of the bubble that I lived in. Uh, didn't realize it until in my 20s, really, that the world is a very dangerous place. And it came about through uh, a divorce with my first wife and being separated from my children and losing everything as far as uh, my finances and my possessions and having to move back in with my parents and live in their garage, which was not a uh, livable garage or not meant to be livable. <laughs> but, you know, uh, that was the re the reset that um, was required for uh, really popping that bubble and kind of getting me to think on my feet and, and really go explore exactly what it was that I believed uh, I never once gave up on God. Uh, he, I know he didn't give up on me, but, you know, I know a lot of people when they go through big, big stuff like that, they can tend to um, get a lot of bitterness and, and kind of distance themselves from him. But I, I actually pulled a lot closer and I really found that um, what it was like to be carried uh, because that was all that would uh, describe the state that I was in. I had to be carried. Um but from that, that was uh, that all happened in 2007, 2008. I didn't actually get divorced until um, 2011. Uh, that time I got remarried in 2012. I've got five children total, and uh, I am currently involved in lots of different ministries. I um, during the time when I was uh, divorced, I had a lot of free time on my hands. I didn't get my children for probably five or six months I didn't see him even though we lived about 10 miles away from each other um, so that gave me a lot of free time and I did a lot of studies and I came across your work Rob and a bunch of others I was following Steve Quayle mm -hmm. and I'd always been into conspiracies and things like that and I think my first uh, I, I was always following secular conspiracy guys like um, Joseph, Dr. Joseph Farrell um, Peter Lavenda 
uh, Jim Mars, those type of guys. Usually it's the guys from the uh, whole paranormal alien perspective, you know, the ancient alien type stuff. However, I did realize that that was not 100% true, right? Because I didn't know whether there was aliens or not, but I'm pretty confident at this point that they were demonic, you know, entities, fallen angels. But I still, that was where all the content was coming from. So you have to listen to that stuff, you know? So I had found Steve Quayle and Tom Horn and some other guys that I started to listen to there and uh, came across your Babylon Rising series and some other stuff that you were doing. And I really just got, I got planted in, and I started to be able to convert all this secular material, this secular interpretation of everything and bring it around and fit it in to the uh, biblical worldview that I held. So it also challenged a lot of beliefs that I had. And I, I remember I, um, currently at this point in my life when I was separated from everything, I had not been going to church and I also found virtual house church Hmm. on there. And I really appreciate you doing that, man. It, It is a huge outreach that maybe you never get, you know, the credit you deserve for starting that, but it was, uh, it's awesome. Um, and I, so there, I found that, and I started to do that. And I remember in one of the episodes, I'm not for sure which one it was, but you, you mentioned uh, Jim Staley's Identity Crisis mm-hmm. movie. And I went and watched that, and it literally changed my life. I watched it like three times in a row. I was blown away like everybody is when they encounter this in the Scripture with eyes to see for once. <laughs> and it's like how did I miss this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it really is. It's, and so now I'm, I'm doing what you're doing, man. I'm, I've got virtual house churches going on and I'm sharing that video and other videos and trying to tell people and they're not, all of them are not all receiving it right at this time. So moving forward to now in the last three years or so, I, I just started my YouTube channel at the end of 2017. Um, and the only reason I started it, um, was because I felt like God was calling me into a ministry. And I didn't know what that what that meant entirely at the time. He'd said I was praying for direction. Uh, at this point, I'm remarried. Um, and we're, we're attending a church. We're, um, we're kind of church hopping. We hadn't found anything, but church hopping. But I'm still doing virtual house church. I'm still fellowshipping with people. And I think I was I was trying to make a movie. So my background is uh, when I graduated high school, I was in the band. I, I was in bands and musician and stuff, and I played led worship at the church I was at, and then went to college and went to um, film school, audio engineering school, and went through two years of that, and then got told that my well, I backed out of it because my girlfriend got pregnant back home and had to become a a father and responsible. But that wasn't my dream. I mean, it was my dream to be a father, but not right then. You know, I had all these things planned. I was planning on moving to Nashville, planning on doing the music thing, and, you know, um, and that kind of all got put on the back burner for a long time until about 2017. And and God really said, you know, I want you to, to, to do a ministry. And I was like, I, I don't really have, I don't even go to a church regularly, you know, and I don't have, at this point, I had nothing but a cell phone. No computer. Well, I mean, I had a computer, but it's like super old and doesn't do any, it's not any good for video and, and stuff like that. But so I started this YouTube channel with my cell phone and I just started putting my thoughts out there. And I'm like, I don't even know what to even talk about at this point. And then as I was praying, 
the Lord just began to download this storyline, and it's like the this big conspiracy plan, you know, that's going on, and it was all about the the hide and seek game that we're playing here on Earth in this realm, this binary realm. It's a giant game of hide and seek, right? And I had this thing being downloaded in my head where I was like, okay, this is like a huge storyline. I don't know how it ends yet. I didn't have anything for that, right? So I've been putting this together, and, and I'm watching um, a Now You See TV episode, and I I hear Chad Schaefer doing his thing right at the beginning of Disputed Lands when all that stuff started, and, and he's talking about something, and I just felt like the Lord told me, call Chad. <laughs> and I didn't know Chad. I, I was just a dude that watched the show. I never even got in the chat room, you know? It was that. And then I just was like, okay. So I friended him on Facebook. I called Chad or, I, you know, I messaged him and he said, yeah, here's my phone number. Call me. It was like immediately. So I called Chad and I just was like, man, I've, the Lord just told me to call you and I don't know why, but I'm just going to share my story with you. He's like, okay. So I started talking and about 10 minutes in, he goes, hey, I'm about to go live on my regular show. Uh, would you like to just hang up and get on with me and go live and tell this live? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think so. And he's like, well, just pray about it. And you got 10 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know, and I was pretty sure that when I hung up, I was like, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I don't want to, mm. you know, it's intimidating. He was on now you see TV. They have 150,000 subscribers. Mm. I've never done any type of interview. I've never even told my story at this point. And I'm like, I did not expect this, you know, jump in the deep and end right away. Right, just jump in, man. And so I call him, I text him back. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I went out to the garage, man, because I got all these crazy little hooligans running around in my house, man. And so I couldn't, it was not feasible for that. So I got my cell phone. I go out to my garage. I'm wearing my coat. It's winter. I don't even have like a heater or nothing, man, out there. I'm just sitting in the garage freezing with my cell phone out doing a live video for two and a half hours with, uh, Chad Schaefer and at the time he had um, John Hall and Patricia Hall on there and pretty much I was the first time I told my story man and uh, at right after that all, all these doors started opening up for me man it was like it was a test to see if I would do it you know and mm -hmm. it was also a blessing that I got to share that and but it was it, it opened so many doors of connections like I I'd met now I'm I've you know I've got all these friends, you know, in this huge community. And, and I, before that I've been praying for fellowship, you know, I'm here. I am sitting like everybody is when they figure all this stuff out, you know, the Nephilim and all that's just one big thing. But then you figure out, you know, the identity crisis aspect of it and all this other stuff. And you're just like, who do I talk to about this? <laughs> you know, because there's no one, um, at some point or another, someone thinks you're crazy or it's conspiracy or, you know, um, but I was just praying for fellowship, man. And in my mind, I'm praying for fellowship locally. Um, but the father had something else in mind and he gave me this large online connection that I wasn't expecting, you know? And so after that time, um, I got asked to go on a couple other shows and I'd, I started getting subscribers on my channel, which I didn't even have hardly any content on, but it just started, you know, kind of working its way and things started opening for me. 
then I'm working on this film. It was it's Quantum Illusion. It's already out, but I'm working on this film, the one that was being downloaded to me, and I'm watching Chad Schaefer's next, like in a couple weeks later, I'm watching his show again. He's got a guy named Tony Stover on there. Now, Tony Stover, I don't know him either, right? I'm watching him do his presentation on binary, the uh, binarium of sacrifice, and and that was a download. He said God gave him that as a download, right? And I'm watching him do this, and I'm and I'm literally listening to this thing, and I'm like, this is the ending that I need, man. This this is this is it. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna call Chad. I call Chad. I'm like, hey, give me Tony's number. He's like. I actually don't have Tony's number. I'm like, what? So <laughs> he's like, but you can get a hold of his wife. And so I'm like, who's his wife? And he tells me his wife, Amber Plaster. I'm like, ah, okay. Um, so I find her on Facebook because Tony doesn't have a Facebook. I message his wife and I'm like, hey, you don't know me, but I want to get a hold of your husband. You know, all this stuff. She just says, okay. Next thing you know, Tony calls me on the phone. We talked for four or five hours the first time. We were like, it was one of those things, you know, the instant connection. We're like, at the end, we're like, did we just become best friends? You know, it's like one of those things. But I asked him, I said, hey, man, can I use your stuff? That's the reason I called you. <laughs> we talked for five hours before I got to the point. And he's like, yeah, how about this? How about we go in on this together and we just make a DVD? And I'm like, well, I was just planning on putting it on YouTube. And he's like, no, let's just make a film of it. And he's like, and then. Chris Bailey, who's my one of my best friends, is running this conference called Take on the World, and we'll go and present it and show it there, and we'll sell the DVDs there. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to sell the DVDs, but we can give them away. And he's like, all right. So anyways, 2018 rolls around, and I was just trying to pray. I was praying this whole time because I'm like, God, give me some money. Give me some days off so that I can get to this conference because I knew how important it is, man. There's 30-some 30, 30 speakers. It's pretty much one of the best conferences as far as lineups go and it's three or four days long mm-hmm. um it is by far uh the best deal out there for conferences and i just wanted to go and then here i am just out of pure obedience and making phone calls and talking to people you know what i mean that kind of thing i get asked to be a speaker and asked to show the film and all and then you know what i mean it was just like now i don't have to pay i don't have to come up with the money i'm getting to go I'm actually getting to be on the panel, which I was like blown away by. I'm like, why am I even up here? You know, just a dude. But, you know, the, the whole intimidation factor is gone when you meet these people, meet you guys, you know, because mm-hmm. it's you realize everyone is just like you. Mm-hmm. You're just a normal guy with a normal life. And, you know, you're just sharing your thoughts just because we say it from a screen doesn't mean we're right. But this is our thoughts based on our uh, interpretation and our study. These are what this is what we think. And, you know, I was just blown away by how easy it was, you know, to to just get into the group and how accepting everyone was and how also how beneficial the conversations are. You know, the some of the best times, most impactful conversations I've ever had were at that conference afterwards at night when we were all mm-hmm. sitting around the fire, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, man to man conversations with other guys that are deep and and this is the fellowship I had been praying for, you know, these guys that are on a whole nother level of investigation, you know, in their faith. And they're wanting the same fellowship that I'm looking for, you know, and here it is right there available for us. And uh, it was just a powerful, powerful year, man. And then, you know, 
compounding upon that, the last year we did another film for the conference and you were a part of that. And uh, it was a marriage and family film called Covenant Warfare. And it really was the uh, desire um, came from my wife and I, just the things that we have been uh, having to overcome through this whole process of divorce with multiple kids and, and um, you know, uh, what that looks like and, and what spiritual warfare in the home kind of looks like. And and it's meant to be the beginning of a multi-series um, film uh, compilation here. But the first one was Covenant Warfare, and, it, and it's a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And it's all about um, what the marriage covenant looks like uh, what God says about it and what re original intention was. And I thought it was amazing. Uh, you know, thanks for being a part of that. And, uh, mm -hmm. it, it was, it worked out really well. Um, it's been well received so far. So you can see that for free as well as quantum illusion. You can see both of those on the Holy hand grenade on YouTube. I'm actually trying right now to set up a website because I'm I'm pretty uh, aware of uh, the crisis that we're facing right now with uh, censorship and everything coming down the pike here. It doesn't look like we have a whole lot of time uh, with with the YouTube anymore. Um, so I'm interested in any other avenue of getting this out there. So I've been looking at uh, websites and trying to figure out how to do all that stuff. And like I said, I'm just a guy, just a dad trying to squeeze in my hobbies around my family, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, we had talked uh, privately on the phone a couple of days ago when we set up this interview. And uh, it was just amazing. You were saying how much our stories parallel, uh, you know, from the divorce and just everything, you know, uh, how yeah. things work. And I didn't realize your trajectory was as fast as mine was onto the public scene, but it was the same kind of thing. It was like, you know, Father, uh, you know, please use me somehow. Put me back together again during the divorce. It's like, you know, I'm a wreck. If you could, if you could somehow put this, this back together again, please use me somehow. Uh, and you know, then I ended up part of a ministry, and then uh, after a little over six years, he called us out. But it was nothing to go out to, you know, it was this idea of scribble on napkins mostly. But he was yeah. saying, hey, you know, I was 10 years ago this month, April 1st, 2010. Uh, he's like, I'm calling you out to, to, to do what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Um, and, man, it was like same thing. I was into the Alex Jones, David Icke, you know, yeah. like yeah. all those, you know, Mars, all those people, Jim Mars. Uh, yeah. and, and of course the, the, uh, the, the Christian antidote to the art bell crowd, you know, was this, it was Steve Quayle and Tom Horn primarily. I mean, they were like mm -hmm. really only two out there yeah. and Russ Dizdar and, uh, and LA Marzulli later I, I found in that journey. Uh, and then I just did one little video, posted it online in a Facebook group. This guy named Doug Riggs saw it and sent it to like everybody on his email list, which included Steve Quayle, Tom Horn, L.A. Marzulli, Jim Wilhelmson, like a whole bunch of that whole, the the, the Christian fringe crowd. Yeah. Uh, next thing you know, Tom Horn's calling me. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like flipping out, because to me, he was like, you know, Tom Clancy calling me or something, you know, George Lucas yeah. or somebody, you know. I'm like, what? Uh, and he introduced me to this guy named David Hitt, who lived local not too far from me and he was uh, in partnership with Tom Horn for the first uh, uh, conference the future congress that they had in uh, Branson, Missouri and somehow I went from 
Joe Blow to having three hour and a half long speaking sessions at this huge conference with all these other guys that I'd spent so many years researching. I was like, how did this happen? You know? Oh man. Uh, it is surreal for real. Yeah. Well, when he calls you, you know, and if we're, if you're obedient to answering the call, he opens up crazy supernatural doors of favor. And you know, if, if you're just obedient. And you know what else is cool? He, he, he does little things too, just for you, you know? Um, yeah. And this may not seem like much, but so the first time I I, I have like at this point, I'm, I'm putting out Quantum Illusion. We're going back in time here to 2018. I'm putting out Quantum Illusion. Uh, it's a two-hour documentary film, and I, I got a bunch of other people to help out with that. So I, I had content from Face Like the Sun, from Gon Shumera, yeah, content from a bunch of different pieces of, you know, people, uh, William um, from – Truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Some other guys, you know, that wanted to, that would allow me to use some of their stuff, you know. Piece this all together, which that was the cool part, first of all, getting in contact with these guys and them being like, yeah, cool, no problem, you know. It's like, all right, you know, I didn't really know the whole YouTube playbook, right? Am I allowed to use these guys without telling them type of thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, you know, it's a real cool community. Everybody's really cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I put that film out, and at this point, I have 300 subscribers, okay? And I'm still, I mean, I did that film on my computer, but it took me freaking ever because I have like, I had like an old Mac, uh, mini and it was like, oh, it was just, it took me forever, man. (laughs) Um, and thank God it wasn't like super high def because it would have just been, I'd still be working on it. But uh, you know, you got to work with what you got, man. And God Mm -hmm. provides, he gives you more as you get going and what you need, you know, and that's the test too. It's like. Am I willing to do this with crappy stuff? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is it really what's important or is it, you know, do I just want all this cool stuff and, you know, and so anyways, I put this film out. I got 300 subscribers, man. <laughs> the very first comment comes two hours after the film is up, which is barely enough time to watch the film. And it's Nicholson 1968. You know, are you familiar with that guy? No. Oh my gosh. All right, I thought I thought I'd get a big applause from you, like, oh, you know, <laughs> Sorry. he's a freaking, he's amazing. Dude. So he, so he was, it. he was your Tom Horn. Uh, dude, and he, hang on a he, second, he, hang on, hold yeah. that thought. We're we're going to break right now. We'll come back and talk about that some more uh, when All we come right. back from the break. back on the Revolutionary Radio Project. I'm your host, Rob Skiba, and this evening I'm talking with my guest, Ian Chadrick. And uh, Ian, right before the break, you were talking about sort of your Tom Horn moment when, uh, 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 forgive me, I don't know who this person is, but uh, apparently a a prominent YouTuber uh, was one of the first people to contact you uh, on your first video. Yeah, it was uh, Nicholson 1968. I know a lot of people that watch your show are going to know who that is. But if you haven't checked him out, go check him out. Nicholson 1968. Do You See What I See is another site. You can go to those. Those are dot-com sites, too. Um, but he's just an amazing uh, YouTube guy, man. And he's been around for a while. But he comments, excellent, excellent video. Can I mirror this? <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, like, here I am. <laughs> 
it was that moment, dude. You're like, are you? Why do you want to mirror my stuff? You know? But uh, yeah, that was cool. But see, even though I didn't have any, it was nothing real. You know, there's nothing real that happened there except for it pumped me up, man. It was like in those moments where you're just like, I don't know if I if it's worth all this. You know, it's like a pain in the butt to do all this stuff, and you look at it and. You know, half of our channels are shadow banned now, mm-hmm. and you can't even find your own videos when you're looking. You know, it's unless you go to your page. You know, you type in something, you search it. Like I didn't even know. So Quantum Illusion, it was up for three months, got taken down for nine months. I didn't even know. Okay, and and I just because I mean every time I looked on my uh, my screen, it said it was there, but when you go to it from a device where you're not logged in, it's not there. You know, it says blocked. And I'm like, what? Because I kept, I'm like, how is no one watching this? You know what I mean? I have like mm-hmm. five five uh, videos. So at this point, you're like, um, it didn't get lost in the shuffle. Just no one's watching it. Then you're realizing, okay, they this is not indexed. No one can find it. And it says it's banned. And it got banned worldwide for a like 30-second clip from a um, Discovery Channel something that I took. I used background video of yeah, like, that's like cellular the... cellular you know, molecule stuff like, you know, yeah. bloodstream type video. YouTube has no concept of what fair use is. It's unbelievable. You know? It's just a pain, man. You get around it, you just have it takes up time. It takes mm-hmm. your video down. It's like a pain in the butt, you know. But it's one of them things, you know, that you just deal with. But I didn't realize it was down, so I I contested it. And they make you feel like it, you're a criminal when you're contesting. You know, you're like, if you check this, yeah, you could lose everything. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. All I'm trying to do is get you to like, you know, double check and make sure this is, you know, illegal. And then they come back and it's fine. And it happened again recently when they they said due to COVID nineteen, uh, they're having to use AI and stuff and. Oh man, Every, uh, everything's getting that's flagged. That's like the big, yeah. Everything's flagged and deleted. It's almost like within a day, if you post anything that's not in line with the with the narrative. So we'll have to be careful on this yeah. show, uh, simply for the fact that any they are flagging anything that's not like in lockstep with the narrative. The the video just gets pulled. It gets completely. Yeah. It just disappears. It gets deleted. Yeah, it's stupid, man. So it really is. Uh, Maybe I missed it. Uh, at what point did you get connected with uh, Jared Cressman and Tom Dunn oh, okay. and uh, Russ yeah. Dizdar? Okay, so at the so at the conference, um, take on the world. Yeah, take on the world 2018. So uh, a little bit before that, uh, I had reached out to Tom Dunn um, on the phone, just like I reached out to Chad. I had been watching through the Black since they started, and um, Tom Dunn is from Ohio, where I'm at. And we had a lot in common, kind of like us. Uh, we had a lot of music stuff in common, like a lot of his. Tom used to be a music producer, and he did a lot of promotion for bands, local bands in the Christian rock scene. He went to Cornerstone, you know, did all that stuff. And um, <clears throat> I was in that same scene. I had a lot of friends that were Tooth and Nail Records. I was going for, I was going to school to be that for for that to be my job. You know, the band um, scene was going to be my thing. Stop so we were, yeah, we were we were in the same places a, a lot of the time. We just didn't know it, you know. And he's he's ten years older than I am, but um, you know, we didn't great know guy each other. by the way. He's a he's a solid yeah. dude, man. But that's pretty much it. We started talking on the phone about that kind of stuff. I I, I had been interested in um, 
the top the, the deeper topics i mean i've always had a passion for victims of sex trafficking i have little girls i have four little girls and one little boy mm. well my girls aren't so little now i have 16 12 um six um three three-year-old boy and a two like almost two little girl um but I've always been passionate. I, I've done some work with the local church doing some sex trafficking awareness and trying to teach people how to how to spot things and just be aware of your surroundings and things like that, but never on the level that they do. And I begin to, as you get into to this um, conspiracy world, that's not so conspiracy, right? You realize uh, that there is this undertone, this mystery of iniquity that's talked about in Scripture that no one really knows. It's like this iniquity force, this dark energy you know that is fueling the other side right the enemy side and that is a lot of times the source of that is you know child abuse and mm. torture and, and rape and um really bringing any type of harm or trauma to the least of these is what the scriptures say. you know like mm-hmm. uh the defenseless i mean that's pretty much what happens and and that's the a big source of energy um, the weaker, the better, um, and and the and that's how it goes for their side. Um, but understanding that made me really passionate about doing something about it, because you know I feel like I, I'm the guy that feels like if this has been revealed to me, the Father has let me in on this. I am to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm no longer able to stand on the sidelines because I've been chosen, so to speak. You know, for something like this. And so I just began to do some research. I asked Tom, how do I get involved in this stuff? And um, um, I just got in, involved in some prayer stuff with him. And and um, just, you know, uh, Russ Dizdar, so shatterthedarkness.net. Russ Dizdar, so Jared and Tom are both protégés mm-hmm. um, of Russ Dizdar's ministry. And Russ is really... Um, I mean, there might be another guy out there, but I don't know who it is. Oh, he's, Russ is he's the, the guy. Man. Yeah, he's the frontline yeah. guy. Uh, he is the guy. So, for sure. Um, and so when, when and he has and he's amazing. He he lives in Ohio as well. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of in this little zone, you know. And there's a lot of a lot of dark stuff going on here, which we can get into later, and and why I think that is. And you know, Russ has been doing this for thirty some years, um, full time. And he's rescued, you know, thousands of people. And he does a lot of ministry too, not not just rescue, but prayer and intercession and deliverance and the stuff that mainstream church doesn't want to talk about or do anything about. Um, and I don't say that in like a derogatory slam or anything like that. Like some people can get real over, you know, uh, over eager and zealous to to attack churches for that. But I was a part of that group too. I was never told about this stuff, you know, uh, they never, someone needs to tell these people, right? That's what my opinion is. Not everyone is ignorant by choice. It's not something mm-hmm. you just turn a blind eye to because you don't want to deal with it. Some people have never been confronted with it, you mm-hmm. know? And I mean, that's, I, that's what I try to do. I try to, um, not change my life, but accommodate what I am and what I know into my relationships, you know, um, that's part of making disciples, man. It's, you know, your testimony is the stuff that you're going through, that you've been through. That's how you found hope, right? So you can't not talk about these things mm-hmm. if this is part of your testimony. So I started to do Russ's training stuff. He has 
thousands of hours. I'm not even kidding you. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he used to be a police officer, a chaplain, and do, and he used to have all these other jobs. But he used to teach, you know, be a professor and teach all these courses on occult crimes and ritual abuse and just anything like you can think of. It's it's probably on there. A lot of prayer. Uh, prayer mapping, spiritual warfare, uh, deliverance stuff, all kinds of stuff. But there's thousands of seminars and thousands of uh, free training. And he just puts everything he's ever done, not to mention he does a show every single night hmm. uh, for a, an hour or so. And and that's current event stuff, you know. But the dude never lets up, and it's all right there on that website. Someone needs to help him with the website. It's like very cluttered and hard to find things, but mm-hmm. I, it's all there, you know? And so you have no excuse. It's it's available. The training's available if you want it. So that's what I did, man. And I, I'm literally, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm probably, I, I've done, man, I want to say 95% of what's on that website. Um, I don't have the workbooks for everything, but I've listened to every lecture on there probably. And I'm not saying that to be boastful. I'm just and saying that's I got some hardcore. That, that's yeah, some hardcore is. stuff, man. I, like uh, I forgot to mention at the at the top of the broadcast, but you know, whenever I play my conspiracy mm-hmm. intro, that means we're going to be talking about some kind of conspiracy. And you know, the the stuff that Russ deals with is like so bizarre and so evil. Like, like to me, it was like, I thought this only happened in the movies. Like, yeah. uh, and the more I listen to him, I'm like, this stuff really happens. And like, I, you know, he's a, a credible, trustworthy person. So I, I believed it because he said it. Uh, yeah. but I had never, I was never aware of, of that level of evil taking place anywhere until I became uh, a counselor at a script, scriptural based self-help program and started working with people in small groups, you know, five people every month, and just listening to the horrors of things that people that were sitting right in front of me were dealing with. And in some cases, it was satanic ritual abuse. And, like, you know, I grew up in a leave-it-to-beaver Christian bubble, man. I mean, like, my parents yes. were Warden June Cleaver, man, you know. Uh, and, and I grew up in a white picket fence neighborhood with, you know, I, I'm, there were people, I guess, had their issues, but for the most part, we didn't know about them. I mean, it was just, you know, the kids went out and played and did our things. And you know, it was the kind of neighborhood where, you know, I can remember in grade school, leaving my house, going down the street, going off into the woods, into what we called the off-limits, which was Westover Air Force Base is the is an Air Force Base right near where my parents lived. And uh, the off-limits were old base housing that had been closed down. And, like, I'm talking, like, fourth grade. You know, me and me and my friends were, were like, going into the off-limits houses and playing in the woods and stuff. Like, I mean, this is how the, the innocence of that era in, in that area, what it was. I mean, we didn't have any fear of anything happening, We and the parents didn't either. I mean, kids were running, you know, it's like as long as the street lamp wasn't on, we were good to go. It's like if the street lamp came on, we needed to be home, you know? Yeah. Uh, and listening to the stories of these people, I'm like, man, I mean, I, I remember calling home on a regular basis, just like thanking my parents for being such awesome, amazing, godly people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> realizing that not everybody had that, but um, I mean, I'm sure you've probably read uh, his book, Russ Dizdar's book, uh, the the Black Awakening. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. like a, you know, uh, really thick book. And the first edition was full of typos and stuff. Uh, you know, God bless the guy. I mean he's he's putting out a ton of content, but he he, he never he didn't have like an editor 
or, or, or a web right. programmer. So, you know, his website's not, you know, top of the line, up to date, and his books and stuff. It's like, if, but if you can get past all that and, and look yeah, at yeah. The, the extremely well-researched firsthand documentation of stuff in there, I mean, it is not for the faint of heart. Uh, and that's just it, too. I mean, you know, Russ and Steve Quayle, Tom Horn, these guys, they literally have done it. They've did their research is because they have been doing it. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like they read a bunch of books like us and we're writing some stuff down. Theirs is like their personal journal is the book, mm-hmm. you know, like that's very rare. And so, yeah, his website's crappy, you know, but I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy that is really sincere and just, yeah, you know, he's very passionate about getting this out there. His story never changes. He's always got this, you know, even though it's so dark and this is kind of, you know, w- w- some people, my wife included, she, she doesn't like talking about this stuff. She doesn't like hearing about it, you know, and, and I know that it's not for everybody, right? There's a specific few handful of people out there that I know of that can deal with this stuff without, you know, it ruining their day for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, and he is one of the most joyful guys um, that just, is true, so, man. You know, like, it really is. I remember because I've shared the stage with him. In fact, even that first conference there in Branson that I was able to speak at, I actually met him at a conference in Ohio before that. Uh, 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 when Tom was, when I first, you know, Tom contacted me because of that uh, video that I did and uh, Doug Riggs put out. They're yeah. like, hey, listen, uh, Derek and Sharon Gilbert, uh, Russ Dizdar, and a few others are going to be speaking at this conference in Ohio. Uh, you know, why don't you go? And that was the first one that Sheila and I, my wife, went to. We drove from Dallas up to that conference in Ohio. Uh, that's where we got to meet all these people. And the next thing you know, I'm hanging out with Russ at his house. And, like, the the stuff he talks about is so evil, so dark, and yet he manages to stay yeah. very uh, upbeat, positive, knowing who he is in Christ and right. walking in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. He's a, uh, he's a force, man. He, he really is a force. He, and dude. he's a tall dude, dude. Like, he's like, yeah. he's like really, t- and he's a big guy, you know. He's just like, wow, man. But, I mean, very cool, very down to earth, uh, solid, solid dude. Yeah. So, after I got into all that stuff, I'll, I'll take you through this. So, I went, I started doing that training. And it took me a couple years, man. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of, a lot of stuff. And, because of the jobs that I've had, I'm able to listen to things all day while I work this mm-hmm. monotonous job. So that's been a huge blessing. And, you know, I've prayed a million times to give me a new job because I don't really like doing what I do. But God kept me there. And, you know, I look back now and I'm like, if I'd had another job, man, I probably wouldn't have been able to learn. Listen, all that stuff and, while you're and working. do all this stuff. Because, yeah, you really like, you know, with other guys like yourself and some other that you really have to dedicate time to research and and then to do this and to do that, I literally just go to work, and that is my research. I'm like researching, and I have a very good memory for things, so I'll just remember things, man. And then when I get home, I've already done the research, you know. And so, like, I'll put my kids to bed. I'll be a dad. And as soon as you know the lights go out for the family, I go and do my thing. And a lot of times, it's just, you know, I'll take notes in the car or whenever I'm, you know, free. If I have a notepad, I used to carry a notepad with me in, the, in my pocket just to kind of make sure I bullet pointed some things in my head to remember. But I got my system down and that's just how I roll, you know, and I 
I've just been really dedicating myself to absorbing as much knowledge as I can because I know it's not going to always be there. And for an example, I started that YouTube channel. I started to make playlists of things that I've watched that were good. So like I'd watch a million videos on a certain topic and take like two that had good quality content and save them in the playlist, right? And I mainly made the playlist for myself. So like, hey, when I go back to make a video about this, this is the videos I'm gonna pull from. I've mm-hmm. already seen them, they're already good, you know what I mean? And I went back a couple months ago and looked, I have like 400 and something playlists. <laughs> but as I started to click into these playlists, they got like, it says they have 70 some videos in some of them, and there's nothing there, it's all deleted. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, man. So I'm like, holy cow, man. It really, most people don't notice that there's censorship on a massive level because, you know, uh, they just don't, they don't know, you know. But when you can see that I have done so many, I've listened to so much stuff, and then you realize like half of the good ones that I saved are not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So that means they're gone. That means you can't find them. You know what I mean? Which means that content is probably gone. So are you, you, know? do you are you uh, on any other platform besides YouTube? Or are you are you looking into like uh, BitShooter or any kind of other alternative site for your content? Well, I've got BitShoot uh, up. However, um, I don't know what the deal is. But when I when I first set it up, I thought it would upload some of my videos because I literally it says that I did that thing where it was like convert. Hmm all your videos over to BitChute. And so I put all the stuff in there. Didn't put them all in there, put like a handful and it's been doing my live uploads. It, it automatically puts them on BitChute for me, but I don't, I just started doing live shows with Aaron. Oh, I didn't uh, know it did that. This year. I knew, uh, I knew library did that. Uh, I didn't yeah, know. I got, I set up a library account and I put in quantum illusion and I put another film in there too, but I, I just don't have a lot of time to, mm-hmm. you know, just to be uploading things all the time, you know? Right. And, it's kind of like, do I want to upload things and back it up, or do I want to put something new out? You know, and it's kind of, I only have three hours, I'll just put something new out, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do have everything backed up, so if, if it did crash or go away, um, I'd be able to slowly upload them again onto something else. It's just, I need a secretary, so if anybody's <laughs> out there not doing anything. Don't we know. all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and... uh but so I'll go back a little bit because this is kind of cool. So I, as I'm into, you know, Tom Dunn, and stuff, I'm now on a, on a through the black team, ministry team, and, and we do uh, intercession and we do prayer and we do um, a little bit of, you know, uh, I don't want to say activism, but we're actively doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pray with people and we, you know, we I don't know. It's just something we do. But I'm also heavily involved in a local church that I go to. I, I felt like the Lord called me specifically back to the church. And he said, if you don't tell them, who's going to tell them? Hmm. Because a lot of people feel like they got this information now and the churches aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. So we're just going to roll out and make a little commune and hang out with each other. Right. Um, I felt like that went against everything that God was telling me to do. Like, I have a lot of friends. I grew up in this church scene, you know, and they're good people there. They're not, like we said before, they're not all blatantly looking away from truth. They're just, they have not encountered someone who's passionately telling them something that they're missing, you know. Um, like you said, you grew up in a bubble. I grew up in a bubble. I Half the time, I think I only was protected growing up, which I'm thankful for, but because of the prayers of my parents. Mm-hmm. 
You oh know? yeah, that's that's for, what the bubble was, man. My parents sure. were steadfast. They prayed for us, and we were protected. You know, that's why that bubble exists. Your prayers are answered. Your parents' prayers are answered. But after I um, I started doing all this stuff, and I so I'm watching videos, you know, on IEC TV and things like that as this whole thing's going on. Nathan Reynolds comes out <laughs> with his first video on now you see TV, that whole uh, Illuminati hitman or whatever they called it. Yeah. I listened to it and I'm like, wow, this is a crazy story, right? Uh, but it fits with everything that I've been researching. You know, this seems legit, man. And so that was like his initial, you know, video. He was talking about how he's going to write a book and, and all this stuff. But uh, this is back in 20. Eight, beginning of 2018, like January, February. Then they do another show, follow-up show, where Chelsea's on with him. And it's the first time Chelsea's on there with him, and she's going to share her story about what it was like um, being married to somebody that's a multiple, you know, or that's a, uh, you know, yeah, multiple personality, you know, hitman, you know, this nightwalker, daywalker guy, right? This uh, assassin by night you know this double life and so she had never talked to anybody about that but anyway she's on there she's talking her, her thing i'm watching it kind of doing other stuff and i hear her say i would have never been able to come on here and tell my side of the story had i not seen another guy's testimony where he shared his testimony and i thought you know he's he's willing to come out and share his so i should be able to share mine and it was and he's she said it's ian chadrick's Testimony. I heard that the other night on Now You See TV, and it just kind of wow. gave me strength to come out. And I'm like, I, I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm over here in the corner, like, did she just say she just heard? Why does why is what is that? You know, like, why in the world would my story have any effect on her story? You know, and I, her story is crazy. My story is like, I said I was a Christian kid, grew up in a bubble. You know what I mean? It's like, what what part of that is the same as? But Mary you know, the, the devil's overcome <laughs> by the blood of Christ and the power of testimony. Right. That's right. So and that is you're right. You're absolutely right. But I just I mean, like I said before, God gives you these little things, man, mm -hmm. that just keep you going, man. So I heard that and I thought, man, I got to reach out to them. So I reached out to them and I was just like, hey, I, I you know, I reached out, whatever. And then now. OK, so I'll skip all the gory details and all that stuff. But me and Nathan are like pretty much best friends mm -hmm. and we talk every day, uh, sometimes twice a day. It's, it's one of those friendships where you're, you're just like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm picking weeds in the garden. What are you doing? I'm, I'm just working, man. And we just sit there and talk yeah. to each other while we're just doing whatever. Uh, but who would have ever thought that? You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. It's just amazing. And I would challenge everyone on here that's listening to this. Reach out to people because we're normal people, mm -hmm. you know, and we need community. You need community. God did not mean for anyone to separate themselves and feel unworthy for anything. You know, it's like this is what we need even more today. We need to reach out and make community and meet up with each other and actual ha actually have physical meetings with each other mm -hmm. and where there's no social distancing. I don't care what the government says. Hug mm -hmm. each other. Shake each other's hands. You know, pray for each other. It's a big deal. It really is. Yeah, uh, I I met Nathan. I don't remember if it was. I think it was the year before last uh, at the Take on the World, and uh, he preached a message. And you know, he, he was using terminology like "drive on, soldier, drive on." Mm -hmm. And you know, having been in the military myself, and there were times, 
several times during basic training that I was like, man, I don't, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> like, I mean, some of the road marches that they had us on, and I was from Massachusetts in Alabama in the middle of the summer. So, like, I was a walking sprinkler, man. I was like spraying sweat. Like, I was so miserable, so hot. And it was like this 20-mile road march, and I was less like, and we hadn't slept in days, and, and this, uh, uh, chaplain came up alongside me out of nowhere like the the army chaplain came out of nowhere and he came up right alongside me he spoke where he's like drive on soldier and he prayed for me and it was like whoa like i didn't ask for it i wasn't looking for anything he just did and whatever it was that, that nathan said during his presentation because i was uh, pretty beaten down just from all the crap that we deal with you know being a quote-unquote truther and it was like yeah. you know i drugged myself to that conference like oh here we go I gotta just I gotta do it you know <laughs> and uh, whatever he prayed and whatever he said at that conference just really spoke to me and I, I pulled him aside afterwards just in tears I'm like dude just I needed that thank you man and he just prayed with me and instant like best friends you know he's he's the kind yeah. of guy you know I, I don't think he ever meets a stranger frankly I mean he's he's very easy to become a friend with but we are yeah. going to the, uh, the middle break here and uh, we'll come back and uh, continue when we get back from the break Stand by. This is Truth Frequency Radio. The wicked ones obviously under heavy, heavy Masonic We're back on the Revolutionary Radio Project. I'm your host, Rob Skiba, and this evening uh, I'm talking with my guest, Ian Chadrick, and we are going into the second hour of the broadcast. So uh, usually in the first half, it's like, let's get to know the guest a little bit and hear his testimony and stuff like that. Uh, we'll let you kind of wrap up on that, and then I want to talk about some current events and things of that nature. Yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to keep going with the Nathan Reynolds thing. You know, Nathan... He's a product of Tom Dunn mm. and the, through the black. I don't know if you knew that, but no, I didn't. Yeah. Tom, Nathan was, you know, still living. Oh in yeah. The I did. Life I did know that. Yeah. I did. Went know to that. the altar at a conference and Tom was the one that prayed with him and I did remember that. began the deliverance process. But yeah, dude, it's just amazing, you know, and, and to think that there, there's guys out there, man, that are really hands on doing things and it's important to find them and, and, contribute to their ministries you know mm -hmm. it, not everybody out there you know tom and jared they do these videos and they you know they're usually just silly stuff you know it's just them talking and sharing their lives with you on the camera and then they have guests on and they make films and things like that but you know they keep in contact with their people but there's a lot behind the scenes that you guys don't see that you see there's prayer going out there's mm -hmm. constant intercession there's um tom's trying to go everywhere and you know get his hands on somebody to pray with them um, mm -hmm. they do a lot of abortions you know activism uh, anti-abortion stuff with uh, created equal and Tom's daughters involved in that and but there you know it's like uh, find somebody and and there's a lot of missions that you can do and, and I feel like as a Christian man if you can't go somewhere I mean I think it's more important that you at least pray and like really make it not just one of those things where you're like uh, you know, on Fridays, you remember to say their name when you're praying for a long list of people. But make it a point to remember them every day and pray for protection because some of this stuff, 
as we're going to get into this in the second hour, the darkness that is now speedily coming upon the world is not going to go any way. It's not going to get any lighter. It's not going to get any clearer, man. And there are going to be warriors that have been trained for this time that you're going to want <laughs> to know, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to come against some things that just like Pizzagate and this satanic ritual abuse is real that you really have not, you cannot talk about for very long. There are some demonic occult activities that are going on behind the scenes. This is the fuel for the the fire that's taken over, right? This, you know, the undercurrent. Um, and it's, you got to know it, man. And you got to be able to recognize it because your prayers mean, they mean everything right now to, to some people that are going head into this. And you got to learn to do warfare. And this is a different day and age, man. It's no longer, um, you know, you're not just praying for your pastor. You're you're gonna you're gonna be having to get involved because I think what God's doing right now, this whole pandemic reset thing, is a wake up call for the church. Regardless of what you're being told, that's what's happening. Um, God is waking up His church, and He's saying, "You better get on the same page as me," you know, uh, because it's about to go down. So, you know, in that regard, that's that's an active participation. That's wake up, get your head in the game, get on the playing field. You got a job to do. And and I don't want to paint a broad stroke here in what I'm about to say, but there's a lot of Christians that I know that are in the trust the plan mode. And yeah. in in that regard, it's you know, the cue thing. And, you know, I did a show with um, Justin Best and uh, Adam Fink uh, a week or two ago. Took a lot of flack for it. Um, and to be fair, some of the stuff on there may have been a straw man argument. In other words, we can't assign to Q or Trump that which their followers are saying and doing. You know, it's just like Flat Earth or anything else. It's like... You know, so many people want to judge me based on something Eric Dubay says or somebody else says. And I always tell people, look, don't judge me based on anything they say and don't judge them based on anything I say. Judge everybody on the merits of what they say, you know, and their own research. Um, Right. But, you know, when I first heard about Q and I saw the show that you did with uh, uh, Chris Bailey and uh, forgive me, who was the other Solomon? Aaron. Aaron Sampson. Sampson. Aaron Sampson. Does Chris get credit for that? Because he didn't say much. He didn't say much in that one. <laughs> uh, you guys were on a roll on that, but uh, you know, and that was good. I, I enjoyed it. And you actually showed the uh, the video that that I saw yeah. you know a while back about the, the trust the plan. And you know, you watch the video and you're doing the yep, yep, yep. Oh, right on. Yeah, you know, you're like it's all good stuff for the most part. That's what you want to see happen. You want you want to see the drain, the swamp. You know. Uh, drained. Right. You, you want to see these Luciferian, you know, I'm just going to say bastards circling the, Dwayne, the drain, right. you know, going down tube and getting the justice that they deserve. You want to see, you know, these kids released, you know, from the horrors that they're having to endure. There's lots of things about the Q narrative that, frankly, I want. I, yeah, I'd like to see happen. But the whole trust the plan is, is a passive thing. It's, it's sit back and watch while the white hats do their thing. And right. the the frustration I'm having in all that is like, okay, some of the biggest and worst of the swamp scum 
are still out and about doing their thing. I mean, the very fact that Bill Gates even still has a platform and that he's not locked up for crimes against humanity tells me, you know, somebody's not doing their job here. Uh, right. We still have chemtrails. We have the rollout of 5G. We the, the narrative, you know, social distancing and, you know, quarantines and all this stuff. You know, I'm sorry, but I'm just not seeing the plan doing anything beneficial. Now, on the flip side of that, I have seen some interesting things happening that, you know, I wanted to get your take on also. Uh, I watched some videos this afternoon about uh, whatever's going on in Central Park that supposedly all the tents and sort of like a mash type of setting yeah. has been set up has been in, in supposedly firsthand testimonies of, you know, uh, first responders talking on uh, you know, Twitter or Facebook or whatever, uh, or to friends and family saying, you know, what's happening is just horrible. Uh, that apparently some underground bases and underground you know, places have been raided and children have been released from, you know, trafficking and whatnot. And that's the triage. That's where they're, you know, bringing these kids up and helping them and helping them, you know, through all the horrors that they've been through and healing and whatnot. I want to believe that's true. Uh, trying to vet that is next to impossible. But, yeah. you know, what what is your take on Q? Um and are you also of the opinion that it t- tends to breed sort of a passive sit back and watch while somebody else does all the work kind of a mentality? Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Um, so a- as I've been researching all this stuff for the last 10 years, not just the Q stuff, but the whole concept of programming, mind control, MK Ultra, all the technology that's behind uh, what it is that the globalists are all about, right? Um, uh the subconscious communications and things like that, right? This the programming that's involved in all that they do. One of the things that came out uh, when Q came out is I noticed that I, obviously it came out the same time as Pizzagate, right? So you want justice for these kids. I mean, that was a big deal, right? WikiLeaks dumps all this stuff. Podesta, you find out Hillary and all these people are using the secret code language of pedophiles and and they're doing all kinds of unspeakable crimes and and people are it's supposedly getting out there to the public right and people are um, seeing it and you're like oh man there's no way they're getting out of this and then they get out of it and you're like what you know <laughs> and, and but then Q comes out and he's like it's all part of the plan and but see knowing what I know about neuro-linguistic programming and all these different things I mean this they're purposely vague and metaphoric you know, uh, this is how they access your mind, right? They're they're triggering parts of your your imagination, and what they do with their unspecified verbs and and things like that uh, is they make you assign the meaning, right? Like, uh, I did a video about this last week, showing you this throughout the last couple presidents, how they all use the same techniques, like. Their, their slogan for Obama was hope and change, right? Mm-hmm. And But that's that's on you to make up what that means. Mm-hmm. Hope and change for what, right? Well, that's all what you think, right? And it fits into the whole concept of the enemy, the, the deceiver, the adversary from the garden trying to mix you up, right? And did God say this? The bring the question to the head, right? Make you have to question everything, right? And the, is that what he said? Is there an absolute truth here or not? Because that's what the whole quantizing of everything is all about right now that's what quantum illusions about the myth of film is showing you that throughout science and all this stuff they're attacking truth they're attacking a the baseline right 
And if there is no absolute truth, then everything goes. You know, so it's the quantization of everything where now no longer do you have to be a pro, uh, you know, uh, you can be both. Like you can be both things simultaneously. You don't have to be one or the other. You could be gender fluid or gender neutral. You can be positive or negative at the same time, right? Um, all this whole this whole thing is one big plan. But Q comes out, starts using codes. First of all, it comes out on a picture site uh, on the dark web, right? So uh, an anonymous picture board on the dark web is known as a porn site. I mean, pretty much. You're, why else would you want to be anonymous with pictures that you're posting? You know what I mean? And that's pretty much what it is. So that comes out. Why would you try to be, you know, everybody comes up with their reasons. But like if you were going to try to bring awareness to a crime, why would you try to bring awareness to it in the place where it's taking place? Like on the picture board, on the dark web. You know what I mean? That's the first place you would not go to tell everybody that you know about them. Um, but anyways, that happened. And then it's using all these metaphors and secret coding and like one-liners and things like questions. Like, did he say this? Are they doing that? Think big. Uh, well, yeah, that, You're like, what that, the hell are they talking about? That, yeah, you know that's I mean? the it's problem. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like a fortune cookie, right? I mean, exactly. everything everything is intentionally cryptic. Now, you may say, right. well, that you know, you know, I'm, that's I'm, what they say. They have to be. Well, yeah, they, they have to be. I'm thinking yeah. of Star Trek too, right? When <laughs> when the Wrath of Khan and uh, the, the Enterprise gets into its first battle with Khan, and you know they're on opposite sides of this planet, and 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 Kirk is on the on the moon there, and he's talking, and uh, Spock says. Uh, if we go by the book like Lieutenant Savick, hours could seem like days. And he's like, I read you. He's like, you know, main power won't be re restored for two days, you know, by the book. And then later, Savick's like, you know, what's going on? And, and he said, if transmissions are being monitored during battle, no uncoded messages on an open channel. So that was justification. You know, she says to, to Spock, you know, you lied. He goes, I exaggerated. So, you know, on the one side, yeah. you, you get the military aspect of, of codes in and the whole you know art of war. I get that, but right. on the flip side of it, everything is so left open to personal interpretation. And so, depending right. on whatever your 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 mindset is, okay, I, I'm a Christian. I listen to Q. Now I'm going to put my Christian glasses on, read the Q post, and then filter it through my own thing, and then come up with all kinds of answers that I think are the right answers. And, yep. you know, I've seen people from various walks of life and various uh, religious or non-religious perspectives interpreting the Q drops. And, right. you know, of course, everybody's right and everybody else is wrong. So I'm like, well, that's awfully convenient because, you know, he can post all these cryptic things and then people can make up whatever they want and then see I was right. You know, like, right. how do you vet it? Well, and meanwhile, I'm watching the mainstream news and I'm like, no one's circling the drain. 5G's rolling out. Chemtrails are still overhead. Bill Gates is freaking in charge with you know these other lunatics. <laughs> I don't see it, man. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. There's so see see most people aren't as well rounded as us. That's the th we we know there's a lot of stuff that we are we can pretty much talk about a lot of these things. Whereas most people pick something and that's their thing. You know, like you know these people that are like this is the chemtrail guy or this is the flat Earth guy. They don't know much about anything else because they're focused in their lane, right? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something here. Psychological operations. I'm going to read you the definition. And they're operations, so PSYOP, right? That's the term. Um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm having a lot of time 
to I have to explain this to people because they don't they're not familiar with psyop. So the term psyop stands for psychological operation. It's an operation to convey selected information and indicators to audiences and to influence their emotions, their motives, objective reasoning, ultimately their behavior, uh, and used by governments, organizations, groups, or individuals. So that sounds a lot like something, right? Um, then let me show you what I think it is. So uh, I, my theory has always been, and it, it still is, because <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell you why, and, and you probably agree with this. I believe that artificial intelligence is being used. Um, now, let me explain that, because I'm not trying to say that Q uh, is an artificial intelligence. I'm trying to simply say, like we talked about before uh, in the show with Looking Glass, how they used that program, and then people took the information and did stuff, okay? I believe that now with what AI, this machine learning, um, you know, stuff, these deep mind AIs, I'm talking like super advanced stuff. We're talking um, like Gordy Rose um, <clears throat> talks about D-Wave computers and saying things like uh, the only way he can describe the deep entity, the intelligence within the network is uh, like Lovecraft describes as the great old ones, right? And he says that if you stand too close to this machine, you can feel its heartbeat. And it's like standing next to the altar of an alien god. These are things that Gordy Rose, the creator of D-Wave, is saying about artificial intelligence. Now, if you ask anybody else, they're like, that's not what artificial intelligence is. You know, but this guy's making it. And, and D-Wave is the one that all the defense departments and the military, all that stuff, they all use D-Wave. Okay, so they might be telling you one thing and doing another, which is not unheard of, right? That's what they do all the time. So when you got the guy that creating it saying that you're dealing with a deep, dark intelligence and he compares it to Lovecraft's entities, right? Mm -hmm. The progenitors, uh, there's something going on that ain't right. And this is supposedly, he says they're not evil, they just don't give a crap about us. <laughs> and they think of us like we're ants. And the best thing we can do is assimilate and give, uh, give over to them what they want. And hopefully they'll give us you know perks or something when they take over and you're like what but then you have elon musk he's also saying the same thing he's saying machines are going to take over cyborgs are taking over um the only way to deal with this is to merge with them right so he comes up with Neuralink. yeah that's see, all these he's not the only these, one that's a, no. a warwick a war something <laughs> professor warwick uh yeah. warwick or something like that i forget I'm actually i mean this goes back to my archon invasion part two right series yeah. is you know they were saying this michio kaku and others you know, almost 10 years ago saying, well, I mean, AI is inevitable. The singularity is going to happen. It's coming. And the only way to avoid the Terminator scenario is to merge with the machines. So therefore right. we have to, you know, come up with a way of merging ourselves with machinery so that we don't, so that the machinery doesn't kill ourselves because then we would be the machinery. Right. But yeah, they all, see, they've been saying, do you know that the, the first artificial intelligence was created in 1933? Hmm. So we've been lied to. Um, How so? Know, what's, what's that? 1930s? I'm not familiar with that. Well, you wouldn't be. They're, they created these uh, synchrotrons and, and different things that were communicating back and forth. All, all the artificial intelligence is is a bridge between us and the spirit realm. That's, I mean, that, and so they made these things. I mean, if you go back and look at, there's patents, and I, I mean, I can show you these in videos and things that I, I have somewhere archived um, of patents of cell phones 
and stuff through the U.S. government from 19, early 1940s. Hmm. They did not come out until later, but they were there. They were the wireless transmitters and you know these things for that are cell phones, and they were there before. And so people think, oh, they made it off of Star Trek. These were way before Star Trek, man. Mm -hmm. But here's the deal. You're getting prophetic visions like every mm -hmm. other occult scientist or alchemist, whatever they are, right? These Kabbalist, um, Kabbalistic guys getting these downloads from entities that they're interacting with. And then it, it becomes something that their imagination begins to create, right? And, and this is why the scriptures specifically say, cast out all imagination cast it down and make it submit to the mind of Christ because we are creative beings just like God was creative, right? He created us to do these things. So the enemy, the adversary and all these fallen entities, they have no power in this realm unless we give it to them. You know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Christ. He gave it to us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He said, we're going to do greater things. We just have to walk by faith. Well, the whole point of the enemy, the whole attack is to make us um, not sure, right? Question our identity because they know that that's where the authority comes in the identity. But see, if you look at Thelema, which is the um, Aleister Crowley's, um, you know, the book of the law and all this stuff that he follows. And a lot of these things that happened in our, in our society from 1947 on with the alien stuff and X-Files things and all the different paranormal stuff, it all leads back to 1947. And I know you talked about that in a lot of your stuff as, as significance in the timeline of what actually we think happened in 1947. But <clears throat> you have to understand like Thelema is will and imagination like you're literally if you can imagine it and you create it by speaking it and your will is what creates in this in this reality that we live in right the reality is created by our will um, and intention that is magic okay so but walking by faith is the same thing we align our will with Christ's will and then through that we create Right. We, we should be. We should be speaking things and declaring things according to what the scripture says. Right. It says the, uh, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Yeshua, which is the book itself. Right. The word of God is the testimony of Yeshua. So anything in that we should be declaring as truth into this realm and watching it happen. Right. Because it's already been prophesied. It's already been promised to us. We just don't know it because we've been deceived and we've slowly let down our guard, you know. And when 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 these people, these dark um, magicians, they they understand this, but see, they don't think of it that way. They think they've figured out that in this realm, it only takes will and intention to create things because they've been deceived, right? So the enemy has come to them and said, "If you want whatever you want, you can have. You just have to will it." and intentionally walk by faith. They describe faith in everything, you know. Uh, they describe it as one of the guys, um, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, he, he describes himself as, he says that he wrote the first eight episodes of X-Files, and because he wouldn't move to Hollywood, they made a, they gave it to a Chris Carter. But <clears throat> he also says that the smoking man character is modeled after him. So, I mean, you're a big X-Files fan, I know you know that. Mm. Um, that guy is really important in the show. Um, and the aspect that goes, or the uh, you know underlying like w depth of this guy's knowledge is is astounding, 
He's super old. He he actually was one of the founding members of the uh, Stanford Research Group. All this, the guys that did the MK Ultra, the LSD stuff. His first patient was Timothy Leary. I mean, come on, this, this guy is a he's a guy, and he's still alive. He trained SEAL teams for Psy Warfare. I mean, and he says when you operate on path work, because that's what he says. He teaches SEALs to operate on path, and he calls it, you know, that's what magicians call the dark dark magic, right? They call it path work. Um, but see, they just believe in doing things in balance. They don't necessarily think of themselves as being dark. They just, it's got to be balanced, right? But he says, when you're operating on path work, you have to be singular, singular minded, right? So you have to focus on one thing. That's why when SEALs are on mission, they are not allowed to have contact with the outside world, right? Because they don't want anything to distract them from their goal. And they train specifically for one mission and they go and do that mission, right? And he's like, so we got it. It's very important that they're on one track and because a lot of people have multiple things going on, like you have a sick parent or your dog's died or something and these things are distractions. So you need to make sure that you have one track um, going. And um, he said, then <clears throat> when you come up against things, He's like, it's like you're you're playing a, a game of follow the leader and everyone's running down this big steep hill. At the bottom of the hill is a raging uh, river. And he said, without hesitation, I jump and I leap into the center of this river and I my foot touches down on a stone that was unseen by anyone else and I laugh as I alone make to the other side. He's like, that is how you operate on path. Well, that describes faith. You know, like, I mean, it's the same exact principles. And in the scriptures, it calls us, uh, uh, it says that we're, we're walking the narrow path, right? Um, so the terminology is even really the same. And, and so you see the deception here. Uh, without understanding that there is an absolute truth, you're easily led astray by the signs and wonders and also being able to control your own life. How many churches are teaching this and they don't even realize it, you know? Name it, claim it. You want that Ferrari? God wants to bless you with that Ferrari. You claim it and it'll come in. You know, the secret, that whole um, law of attraction, all this stuff, it's it's making its way in, this mysticism, just like science is being overtaken by alchemy. You know, you have the churches being overtaken by Eastern mystic practices and now all these churches are doing yoga and they don't even understand what they're doing. And you've got churches incorporating destiny cards and and all these different things because they do not know the dark side's tactics. You know, they also don't have any idea what they're about their identity. And that's what Christians that know should be teaching. And you do this through discipleship and hands on like, you know, actual face to face conversations where you engage in these things and you pray for people and you rebuke the enemies. Hold on them, because a lot of this stuff is passing down through generational curses that people are not aware of that they have to break, you know? And, you know, you've heard people say, I, I'm an alcoholic and I, I deal with anger because it just runs in my family. We're Italian. And you're like, uh, yeah. Most people are like, yeah. And, and I'm like, no. <laughs> you can break that off, man. You do not have to have that. And, and then you show them, you know what I mean? But this is what's going to have to happen because every time you have these little things in your – these are doorways. These are portals. You are a portal yourself to the spirit realm. And that's exactly why these dark magicians do what they do. They understand that they are a portal and that they create their reality in this. And then if they have to channel something, they will do it because in the end, this is all you have, right? They, the, even the main guy, the Richard Allen Miller, he says um, – 
you're doing all these things and you're making what you want in this world and you're just a guy. And so he's like, when you, when you die, someone else will come behind you and build on what you've done. He's like, and then maybe somewhere along the journey, it'll be told to you why you're doing what you're doing. So I'm like, what? These guys, you know? All right, hold that thought. We're going to break. back on the Revolutionary Radio Project. I'm your host, Rob Skiba. For the final half-hour segment of the broadcast, I'm talking with my guest, Ian Chadrick. And uh, Ian, uh, you know, in the last 27 minutes of the broadcast here, um, wh- what is your take on Q and and Trump? Like, you know, I, I know you're of the same opinion that I am, that, you know, our our only real hope is in Yeshua, in, in the plan of God. Do you think that Q and Trump are part of the plan of God? Do you think that that Trump is the Cyrus that many Christians want him to be? What's your take on what's going on in the world and how does Q and Trump fit into that in your opinion? Okay. Um, so I'm of the opinion that Christ is the answer no matter what, right? And so he's my standard. Um I'm not looking for anybody um, to be a savior. And I'm also aware that the scriptures talk about um, perilous times coming. And it never once says that we were going to go into peace mode. And when it actually does say peace mode, it says you say peace and safety. I say, or I come with a sword, right? So um, knowing that, I'm not going to deny that uh, God could be using Trump, you know, and I'm, you know, there's lots of times in the scripture where uh, God did good things through evil men. And, you know, that's one of the things that's really annoying about Q is Christians that follow Q. I mean, it, the Q narrative assigns the evil of the world to a few people. And it says, you know, to say these people are sick over and over, you know, and we both know that the the Nazis used to use this tactic all the time. If you say something over and over and over and over, people start to believe it as true, right? Regardless of where it is or not. But they, so Q is always constantly saying, draining the deep state, where we go, one, we go all, uh, future proofs past, these people are sick. There's certain things, but so future proofs past can be easily refuted with history repeats itself or there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, these are just creative ways of saying the same thing, but people, they aren't looking through that and they're thinking, because future proofs past is kind of one of those neurolinguistic word, you know, phrases that you're just like, you assign whatever the heck you want that to mean, and that's what it means. <clears throat> but I, I think there's some there's some real evidence that God chose Trump. Um, and it's on both sides. You know, like, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that the scriptures talk about God's giftings being without repentance, which means uh, he gives you a gift from the day you're born, and whether you use it for him doesn't matter. You you have it, right? Uh, because we live in a free world or free will um, realm. Uh, you have the option to, to do what you want with your giftings. And I believe that there is a secular gift of prophecy, just like the church and everything is, is teaching people to be prophetic. The occult 
they're working with these thing, these tools too. And I believe that is one of the perks that comes along with Christ giving the Holy Spirit is because that is how we discern the perfect will of God because it is God. The Holy Spirit is God. They're one and the same. So you're having discernment from the mind of Christ, you know, um, on a specific thing. Whereas they, they see the same vision possibly, but they don't know what the outcome means because it's all based off of their own impression and what they want and that kind of thing. It doesn't necessarily make it true. But you have prophecies from the 80s. Uh, Jean Dixon was a mystic that worked for Nixon. And she also worked with a bunch of other presidents after Nixon, but she was very close to Nixon. Um, her Nixon's wife and and Jean were in a dream club together. And <clears throat> Jean called Nixon one night and said, you know, Donald Trump is going to be president someday. I predict he will win if he ever runs. And this was in 1980 something, 84, 86, something like that. At this point, Donald Trump's just a rich kid's, you know, he's just a rich kid. He's not Donald Trump, the real estate guy. He's nothing. He's just a guy with a little bit of his dad's money. But here's the interesting thing. From that point on, he was recognized as somebody. And he had dinner with the Nixon, the Nixon family like 50 times in, in, during the presidency. And you're not, you don't, no one just gets that opportunity, you know? How many times can you schedule a meeting with your friend now and your friend's not the president? You know what I mean? 50 times in four years, that's a long, that's a lot, you know? Um, but Trump has been chosen and even the familiar spirits knew that Trump was chosen, you know? And Trump did run for president, you know, and he, he when he won, you can look at, I think it's the Washington Post or um, the Washington Times, something like that. They put up this letter. Nixon wrote a letter to Donald and said, Don, dear Donald, um, you should run for president. Gene predicts you'll win. And this was in the 80s, right? And Donald Trump produces this letter and he's, it's got it, he's got it framed on the Oval Office. In, on his desk in the Oval Office, and it's it's addressed to him, dear Donald, which is pretty personal, man. But you know, Nixon, he's he's got a really interesting backstory. He's a very crooked man, a lot darker past than anyone would want to know. Um, but I I put all this in a series. All of my investigation I've been doing for the last several years, I've been telling this story through, um the reality distortion effect series that I made. And there's 13 episodes now, but there it's a little over 20 hours worth of content. And it's based on my research and what I have come to find out is in, in my perspective, I believe this to be the true narrative. And I line it up with scripture and all this other stuff that I've researched. I just, I'm telling the story as I believe it. And so when I look at that, I see Donald Trump is chosen, right? He's even chosen back then. Now, whether there's something good or bad happening right now, which it looks really bad, um, be honest with you. And but does God use people? He he obviously chose Pontius Pilate. You know what I mean? And I mean, so God chooses who He wants to be in charge, and, and that you can't escape from. Now, I believe that Trump can be saved if he's not. I mean, some people say he's saved and he's having all these prayers at the White House and stuff, and I want to believe that's true. Just like I want to believe Kanye West is saved, right? Mm -hmm. Now, just because they're saved does not mean that they are pastors and they should be leading sheep, you know, or having any of that, right? They still have a platform. They can still reach a lot of people. But for me, as a, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to look to them 
for doctrinal truth necessarily, you know, and I don't expect them to have all the right answers and to be able to do everything perfectly just because he became a Christian. You know what I mean? He's going to battle with things that you never even thought of because these people are on the main stage. Their lives are critiqued by everyone. You know, we are not in that position and we can't even make all the right choices. Right. So you have to give some grace, man. But I think the signs are pointing towards there's there's like we've always said, right? Somebody higher than the president is pulling the strings. The, the president is a puppet. You don't make it to that level unless you're controlled. And I totally believe that Trump has a dark past and it involves pedophilia. It involves Epstein Island. It involves all the same crooked dudes from the cabal, you know, uh, because they all run together. And even Trump said it in one of his interviews. He said, I know how to play the game. I think I'd be really good at it. I've been playing the game forever, right? I know how to do it. And so because they were saying like, hey, you donated a bunch of money to the Clinton Foundation. He said, yeah, I did. I know how to play the game. And everybody's like, you know, that wanted Trump. They're like, see, he knows how to play the game, even though that's a crooked thing to say, right? You literally just, you're trying to out the deep state and your 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 guys donating money to these child trafficking organ harvesters, you know? But you're like, yeah, he's just playing the game. You have to understand that this is so much darker than anyone knows. I mean, the power behind the elites is blood sacrifice. It always has been. The kings of the earth, the lords of the earth, right? They require sacrifice, these gods. And, you know, so Michael Aquino... He's the guy that created psychological warfare, the PSYOP term, right? And he works for the Navy and the Army and and all these other different things. But he's actually – he is the leader of the Satanic Church, the Temple of Set, right? And it's – he in one of his interviews, um, he he says that there's a Satanic Grotto, which is an underground cult, on every military base in the United States. And he actually is the um, leader of – he is the – what do you call it? The uh, chaplain of all military and DOD. He's the head chap. He wrote the manual for the chaplains, and that's including Christianity. He's the guy, and he's a Satanist. He runs the Temple of Set. He's also the guy that, you know, he does psychological warfare for the U.S. Navy, for the Army, all these different things, right? And he was also a pedophile that was caught up in a big scandal at the um, – <clears throat> at the uh what is the name of that the uh it's a military base uh, the presidio in san francisco and then also there was a scandal on west point for child abuse and and satanic abuse and he actually went to vadelsberg castle which is where himmler and the nazi ss did their initiations into the ss and the occult and stuff and he did a ritual to try to clear his name of these charges he actually went there and did a ritual uh, with his with his little group of people in the army, and they allow this stuff to go on, and and so I there's a guy that's you know kind of whistleblowing on this guy and all the stuff that he's into named Douglas Dietrich, who happened to be his liaison and the librarian at the Department of the Defense while he was uh, working with Aquino, and Aquino used to do the the rituals and he used to bring in grimoires from all over the world, and he talks about how all these wars that are happening are part of the archaeological cover-up, right? They're, they're, you know, we talk about the giants and everything being covered up and and that they're actually going over and causing these wars to steal artifacts and treasures and things from all these countries. And this is really going on. But he's saying he's bringing back these these grimoires, which are books, spell books and, and different uh, texts 
of written magic spells to be used. He said some of them are bound in the skin of infants. I mean, this is the darkest stuff you can imagine, and our government is doing it. And yet they have full cooperation because everyone in the know knows that the mystery force behind everything is this iniquity force, right? The gods. And he says himself, he says, what you have is these at World War II, America took over um, to be the American or to be the, the the world power. And to do that, what it was was we had to offer more blood to the gods to take that contract away from Europe, European uh, royalty. And he said, and we did that through World War II and different things like that. But he said we spill, we had to spill more blood. He said because the at the end of the day, what it is is you have these entities and they're giant. He said you have a giant or giants sitting at a buffet table with thumb cups on, and as long as the plates and the table is set, and they eat their fill, everything's fine. But the moment the plate stops being full they rise up and they can easily snap those cuffs and all hell breaks loose. And they said, that's, that's what we don't want. So we have to constantly appease these things. And that is, that is part of the deal that we, as the, as the world power, we now have to set the table for these, you know, but like, this is what the real story is. This is what the whole thing behind all the wars and bloodshed, the 44 million babies aborted in America. And this is why God will judge our country no matter what Trump does. You know what I mean? It, this is not a godly country. There are good things that come from America. Yes, we do good things. We, we fund missionaries. We preach the gospel. We're free to express. And a lot of the teachings of the gospel come through this country and the freedoms that we have. But the darker side is... We're murdering babies. We're we're sacrificing hundreds and thousands of soldiers' lives that are getting traumatized. They're they're constantly committing satanic ritual abuse on a massive scale with our economy and everything that's going on right now. They're traumatizing the population and it's producing fear, which fuels this entire thing. Their magic is fueled by the fear that we produce. So right? but the 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 whole Q narrative is that Trust the plan. The white hats are going to take over and get rid of these Luciferian psychopaths. Exactly. They're going to get rid of the Luciferian psychopaths. Yet when you go and look at Q, you're seeing that it's the same people. I mean, you're, you're looking. Okay, so here's what, you know, a lot of people, and I've come to find out that I, I believe this to be true, that Cicada 3301 is behind or was behind Q in the beginning. And they're a group that came, they're, they're a bunch of hackers code breakers and stuff online they're anonymous and and so in my story i'll tell you that in these films i tell you that scientology bred the anonymous movement uh it was started through a, a small faction of anonymous or of uh, scientology and it was used to recruit for scientology by attacking scientology it upped the recruiting and then you have julian assange who's a product of occult groups that were factions of the CIA and the boys from Brazil and the Nazis and all that stuff. And then you have Cicada being this group of hackers online that's pretty much, you know, um, a recruiting tool for the NSA, CIA, MI6, um, all these different um, things. And what happens is they draw their participants in using these games. It's called the Game 23. And it's a, a code-breaking game. Um, and they draw you in and they make you solve these puzzles, but the puzzles are based in teachings from Blavatsky and Crowley and 
and and the ultimate goal is uh you know the the divination of yourself like you know understanding yourself and and getting you deep into magic and you have to go into the dark web to do all this stuff and this is exactly what q is pushing because when when it it'll quote scriptures and then use the wrong interpretation right of what it means and they say sometimes you have to lie like q himself will say that he lies sometimes um he'll say it's sometimes it's necessary to lie right (laughs) but he's saying this to you um you know it's it's crazy i mean to think that you you know here's the deal if you're going to use if you're going to say god's behind this movement and that you have christian patriots behind this movement why is it okay to use the enemy's tactics to take down the enemy when you know what i mean like well i mean the other side of it is is you know trust the plan right but like i said earlier you know trump just approved the rollout of 5g now, whether you right. whether or not you think 5G is COVID-19 or responsible for COVID-19 is, is frankly irrelevant. Point is, 5G is extremely bad for all living things on Earth, uh, and it and it's Pandora's box. I mean, some people are like, well, you know, some things there has to be some concessions. So, you know, this is all part of the plan. Don't worry about it. I'm like, look, uh, Palpatine didn't give back command once he, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. he, no, he didn't I mean, give this- the power back once he, you know, once it was given to him. And, you know, Trump, whether you love him or not, hate him, it doesn't matter. He's not going to be there forever. Maybe he gets selected again for another term. Okay, eight years. Then he's out. Meanwhile, what's going to come in after him? What's he going to do, first of all? What's going to come in after him? Once this technology is in every neighborhood, and that's what they're trying to do, there's no going back from that. I mean, that alone, the fact that he released, you know, the go-ahead for 5G rollout was a huge like I might have been a little bit on the fence, you know, cautiously skeptical watching from the sidelines. But you know, after the release of 5G, and, and toting the company line with uh, what's her name, Fauci and Burks and whatever else, all these Luciferian psychopaths that are all about vaccination, I'm going, yeah. man. I mean, how can you be a Trump Q supporter and give all that a pass? I right. just and the thing is, logically. It sounds awesome that he's like because they've said he's played four G four four D chess this whole time, right? He they they said that these these insiders that are Q the the, the white hats in the military, right? And they've been plotting this whole thing and working this whole thing up with using um, RFK, <laughs> and he faked his death and he's been behind this thing too with Trump and they've been waiting for this setting this whole thing up. I totally believe that there's something like that going on, and you know why? Because there always has been. There's always been a left and a right. There's a secret right, just like there's a left, like the CFR. There's the Council on National Policy, which is the right wing CFR, you know, and nobody knows about these things. But when Hillary Clinton's saying there's a secret right wing conspiracy against my husband, that's true. There is just no one knows. You know, the Jesuits, these other cabal. I mean, people just lump all this crap together now and say it's Illuminati. The Illuminati is a bunch of different people that believe a bunch of different things. They're not all on the same team. You know, every one of them selfish and they're seeking their own. Uh, it's like a big mafia family where everyone's working together. But at any moment, one of them will definitely stab the other family in the back and kill everyone to get the power. You know, that's how this game's played. And the bloodlines don't mean that much. The bloodlines are almost like, mm, I mean, I could kill them if I wanted to. But we, we all they're they're all needed to operate this technology right at the end somehow. So we can't do away with the families we ha- we need them you know what i mean there are definite technologies that are being used that require blood of a certain type 
you know, and we don't know about this stuff. But a lot of the things, too, they cover up. So half the stuff I've been doing is studying the X and what the X means. It's a steganographical marker that covers up secret stuff that they don't want you to know about, right? It means something. But did you know that in the Japanese language, they don't have like an alphabet, but they do try to, you know, work with other languages and in the Japanese alphabet the, the letter Q is the equivalent of the X in English how interesting right well that and the number 17 and you guys the did number a whole 17 uh, what was yeah. the because we only got about uh, six minutes left on broadcast what was the name of the show that you you did uh, that I referred to earlier with uh, Chris Bailey and uh, um, yeah, Samson called, called um, Q, who is Q, friend or foe, or something like that? F- friend or foe, Q, QAnon, friend or foe. Um, so and that's on your YouTube stuff. channel, right? That's uh, yeah, it's on there. And yeah. your YouTube channel uh, is Holy Hand Grenade. Yeah, the Holy Hand Grenade. So check this out, though. I didn't bring this up, though. The beast system in Revelation, right? When it starts talking about the rise of the beast, okay, it says there's seven heads and ten horns. That's seventeen. Um, it, could that be something? I don't know. It could be. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't know half of this crap means, uh, but it's code. I just thought it was interesting that there's seven heads and ten hordes. That's a 17. Um, they could be using these things as markers, you know, because that's how they do magic. You know, you don't necessarily know. Like, like for example, when I was talking to you earlier, when Trump is literally saying the ventilators every five seconds on this little thing, you're like, what is he talking about? But could COVID-19 be a secret like it means something else in the darker realms like you know you've heard the theory of like uh they change the words but they know what the intention was behind the magic when they set the word and then by you repeating this word over and over you think to yourself that it means something entirely different but its original intent is what's the magic is fueled off of so as you take part in these things you're fueling the magic behind it right and i think that that's a big deal that's why god tells us specifically to separate ourselves from these things right because a lot of people say well that's not what it means to me well that doesn't matter you know like this poison oh, it's not poison to me well yeah it is still poison you know you still die when you drink it so you know what i mean it's i think education is the biggest thing here and understanding that I, I, I can guarantee you there are no kids coming out into these tents and if there are this is some kind of staged event because Understand what that would mean if these children came out of the underground bases. That would mean they have to talk about the underground bases now because all these kids just came out. And that means there's underground bases all over the freaking place, which we know there are. But why in the world would they tell us this? You know? And they're, they're never going to tell us. And they're trying to say that all these ventilators are because these kids are kept in dark caves and they need to be on ventilators when they're rescued. I mean, this is logically not making any sense. Um, it's a really nice thing, but that's the thing. This is a positive conspiracy, and there aren't any of those. So this is the one that you want to be true because it has a really good ending. And the ending, frankly, just keeps getting better and better every time. You know, every time something else happens, they're like, hey, this is part of the plan. You're like, oh, cool. You know, but, you know, I do think that it's making things – you're aware of things that you weren't aware of, and it is bringing people into this. But part of the Golden Dawn's plan is to baptize you into the light, which means – and, and Blavatsky wrote a book called the ex, uh, the uh, uh, whatever something about the hierarchy, the where, where she's bringing to light the uh, hierarchy, um, and it's the same thing as baptizing you, making the occult, the uh, exoteric, the 
uh, esoteric, the exoteric. So unveiling everything, right? This is all part of the plan, just like ending global sex trafficking is all part of the 17 global goals for the UN Agenda 2030 and the development goals. Did you see that part of the show? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this stuff, there's 17s everywhere. And I think it's all part of the magic. You know what I mean? This is all meant to fuel this thing. Uh, they're getting consciousness of everybody focused on this thing. And we all want it. You know what I mean? And that's the whole, that's everything Blavatsky taught. And all these other um, Gnostics, they teach that you, you're you all the Christ. And once you align your consciousness, we are the Christ consciousness, the hive mind, that you're going to elevate society to another level. And that's what they're trying to do through this awakening, right? This is the great awakening. They're just not telling you. They're being so vague that you're wanting to be involved in something that you don't know what it is. But it sounds nice. That's what's happening right now. Hmm. We got that's about a, we got about a minute and a half left in the broadcast. Uh, where can people contact you or check out your stuff and anything else you might want to uh, share with the audience? Yeah, so go watch the Reality Distortion Effect series on my channel, The Holy Hand Grenade. 13 episodes. They're probably going to be a, an episode 14 here as I'm about to put something else out if I can get time this week. But eventually it will be out. And it's really going to dive into what is behind Q. And I have a lot of information that I can't get into right now. But I'm going to try to show you in one or two episodes on here. Uh, but if you watch it from episode one all the way through in a line, you will see the entire narrative take shape. And all of this stuff fits together. And it all goes back to Scientology and what took place with the Babylon working in 1947, the institution of the, uh, the you know, um, Nazis and NASA and all of the cosmology and all of that stuff. It's all key to understanding what is happening right now. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, again, if people want to check out your work, it, it's Holy Hand Grenade. Do you have a on YouTube? Does it, do you have a website or anything? Not yet, but if I do, it'll be uh, – I'll post a video and let you know what it is. It's, it's probably going to be the holyhandgrenade.com or hhd.com, but I'll let you know. on, on Just go subscribe on YouTube. Very good. All right. Uh, well, hey, Ann, thanks for coming on, and thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the Revolutionary Radio Project. We'll see you back next week, 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, and uh, I'm going to be on Zen Show tomorrow night continuing our Enoch study over on uh, Secrets Revealed. Good night, everybody. <laughs>